Welcome back, everyone. My name is Michael LeBlanc, Senior Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. Thanks for joining us here again this week on our live uh, weekly, uh, next week, today, our weekly update on everything that's going on in the markets, everything that we see coming up in the markets. And of course, uh, we were away last week, so there's quite a bit to catch up on. As you can see and probably tell by the broadcast quality, we're still in temporary digs as the office continues to have renovations. Uh, like any renovations, they're going longer than we expected, but hopefully we will be back in our normal home soon. And I apologize if you hear some background noise. Uh, I did ask for, kind of for an updated schedule from them this morning, so they're being extra loud, I think, just to punish me for even questioning them. So, uh, so with that, let's dive into things. Uh, and of course, as always, uh, keep in mind everything we talk about here is for information purposes only. If you have any direct questions uh, or you want to discuss your personal situation, uh, contact us. Go to MikeOnMoney.com. And if you're watching us here live, that's great. Uh, but if you're listening to the recording or our podcast and you want to hear any past episodes we've done or other material we've put together, all that is available at MikeOnMoney.com. You can link to all our information there as well as all our contact uh, portals. So with that, let's talk about what we have to talk about, uh, the Ukrainian crisis that's going on. It seems like just before uh, I took last week off for, for travel, um, we were talking about you know COVID potentially winding down and, and, and then all of a sudden uh, we're, we're knee deep or neck deep into a uh, basically a war in Ukraine uh, with Russia continuing their attacks on the Ukrainian cities um, to try to take control there. Uh, obviously, the priority number one issue that, 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 that we'll raise or talk about is the humanitarian crisis. I actually have clients from Ukraine here in Canada uh, that's uh, horrific stories of, of the, their families fleeing, being woken up to shelling uh, and bombing of their cities uh, and the difficulty for them to get out. We've already seen million, over a million refugees uh, flee the Ukraine, but millions of more trying to, uh, but just no safe passage or safe uh, roads out uh, in, in surrounding countries. Of course, they're trying to help accept those uh, those refugees in and provide safe harbor. Poland, Germany, and many other Ukrainian or sorry, European countries uh, surrounding the Ukraine. So, number one, obviously, our uh, our sympathies and our hearts to anyone uh, directly affected or experiencing these things. Um, and we hope uh, hope that there's some sort of um, safe resolution soon. We'll talk a little bit more about the effects and potential, uh, potential resolutions as we go through today's material. Uh, so refugees, uh, you know, how are this going to affect investment or the markets? Obviously, uh, refugees uh, moving into uh, or countries accepting those refugees, uh, there's going to be some costs and burdens uh, to house them and uh, help them out. Uh, there's been a lot of charitable uh, efforts being put forward to help with that. If you if you can help, do uh, do try. Obviously, uh, these people are living with next to nothing. Uh, we've read and heard a lot about the sanctions, the global sanctions being put onto Russia. Um, Obviously, this is affecting Russia in massive ways, you know, whether it's uh, companies pulling out services from Russia, the, the banking sectors shutting down uh, Russians access to the uh, 
certainly to uh, the bulk of the global financial markets. Uh, the, uh, the Russian stock markets closing due to all this, the crashing of their currency, the ruble um, crashing due to uh, all the sanctions and uh, pressure being put on the financial system there. Uh, more and more that's going to actually start affecting the rest of the world. So that's something we're going to keep an eye on, how that might affect uh, you know, the global markets and the companies uh, and us at home in a quick, easy visual, if you want to see what that might look like, just look at the price of gas at the pump. And that's the first thing that, that, uh, that you're seeing. Obviously, it's an immediate, uh, immediate reaction to that. Uh, Russia is a massive uh, uh, energy producer in, in the world. Uh, and a lot of that trade or, uh, um, is being turned off, especially in, in Europe. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about the U.S. as they've just come out with some more sanctions around that. But that's not going to go away soon. Obviously, when we turn off one of the major oil suppliers in the world, that is going to cause a shortage to a, a supply uh, that was already tight. Uh, if you've been listening to our videos for the last several months, we've been talking about the energy crunch since the reopening of the economy. And now we just pulled, took out one of the major supply uh, channels from, uh, from that issue. So created more uh, more pressure on the price of oil. Commodities we're gonna dive into a little bit later, but uh, pretty much anything commodity-based, both Ukraine and Russia are big commodity producers for the world. Everything from grains to nickel and metals, uh, all those coming out of those regions, uh, all shut down right now. And, uh, and we'll talk about how, of course, how the markets have been reacting, how they are reacting and where we see them going from here. So with that, let's dive into what's going on in the, the economies this week. Uh, coming up, we're looking for U.S. trade numbers for January and also U.S. trade numbers for, uh, for Canada uh, this week. Uh, the futures um, opened up pretty good this week after a rough negative week last week. Uh, we're seeing bond yields and oil prices rising. Uh, and we'll dive into those commodities in a little bit. Uh, and after kind of a bigger pullback in the Dow Jones over the last week, moving into correction territory. There is some talk now about recession, uh, believe it or not. Um, it's uh, talking about Q2, uh, which is coming up here really quickly as potential. There, it, it's, it's, it's on the fence kind of discussions right now. So we have you know, some discussions uh, of recession, others talking about uh, avoiding it, just correction territory, uh, but we'll dive into a little bit or, uh, more detail around that in a moment. Uh, investors obviously scrambling to try to analyze, you know, what does this mean? Uh, market volatility is there as people, uh, people jump to, you know, pr protective uh, positions in the portfolios, commodity prices are soaring due to that lack of demand. Uh, the one thing I'll, I'll say is always keep in mind, and I've said this before, markets don't like uncertainty. And right now, when it comes to the Ukrainian is uh, issue and the West versus Russia, there is complete uncertainty. So there's where you're going to find a lot of volatility. And you can make whatever guess uh, you want or listen to any expert you want as to uh, which way the market's going to go in the, in the next day or call it short term uh, a volatility of short-term trading, uh, and you could be right and you could be wrong. The, the only thing that's going to give you any direction is if we get some sort of plan or some sort of certainty as to what the outcome this is or, or that we're going to see. Uh, and, and there's never going to be 
the outcome you want, but the markets just want to know what the outcome is going to be and will react accordingly to that information. Until that information comes, it is going to be volatile. There's going to be no right answer. There might be some lucky answers, but there's going to be no right answers. Uh, so I would I would err on the side of caution. Uh, don't do anything. You know, we've talked about this over the last couple of weeks. In, in fact, since January, beginning of January, we've been talking about volatility in the market and strategies to uh, protect your portfolios, you know, sell into the rallies or trim into the rallies. Remember, don't sell out. Don't make a bet one way or another, but be cautious into the rallies. Take some money off the table. Uh, have some cash ready to deploy if there is a pullback and we have some sort of um, idea of where that's going to lead, then you can take advantage of that uh, that pullback or the, the volatility in that market to enhance the returns in your portfolios. And if you're clients of ours, you've been watching your portfolio, you know we're already almost at 40% in uh, guaranteed cash kind of positions uh, while we look for those opportunities. Now, we haven't gone out of positions, we've trimmed positions, we've moved away from areas that are going to be more volatile or harder to, to recover, things like discretionary um, discretionary uh, staples. So things that people you know spend when they're feeling that times are good or they're very bullish about things uh, and moving more into areas of staples, the commodity side of things, um, oil energy we moved into uh, you know last year. So those are the kinds of, area, of areas of the market that we're sticking with. Those are also the areas that are protective during inflation because on behind all this is still that underlying theme of inflation. Obviously, inflation has taken a huge jump here with the commodities uh, shooting up, uh, and we haven't really even seen that yet in in our day to day um, cost, uh, except for kind of the the oil and gas. But do expect other things like groceries, food, uh, anything made with metals. Uh, to start to see uh, big price increases as those commodity prices filter through the economy. So with that, uh, you know, other things that are going on behind besides or because of the Ukraine invasion, um, you know, uh, things like EV cars, you know, Musk, Stream, and, and many car manufacturers out there that we've talked about over the last year that are uh, looking to bring more affordable uh, vehicles or EV vehicles out to the market. Uh, already seeing slow production due to the chip manufacturing uh, that was delayed due to uh, due to the pandemic shutdowns. Um, now we're seeing even slower uh, potential uh, headwinds against getting those cheaper vehicles or cheaper models out to the market because of that driving up of all those uh, all those components that go in. All those components are mostly made out of conductive material or metals, uh, as I mentioned, nickel, nickel, lithium which is a, a big one. Um, a lot of the, uh, the, the chip manufacturers uh, require, uh, bring in a lot of material out of the Ukraine to help them for chip manufacturing, which is already uh, a, a very taxed supply chain. So as that happens, uh, we're, we're gonna see slower and slower uh, production when it comes to vehicles in general, but certainly around the EV market. Uh, confusion and panic is, is, is reigning right now when it comes to the, uh, the global finance in Russia's uh, invasion week. As I just mentioned, the, the blowback, we haven't even really seen uh, what that's going to be. Uh, you know, what is Russia going to do is counter sanctions towards uh, other countries and other and companies. 
uh, but we've also not seen the full impact on our financial systems due to those sanctions being put into place. U.S. inflation, as I mentioned, is set to really heat up due to the uh, to the impact of this war, uh, and again, centered around those commodities. So you know anything around you know food, grain. Ukraine is one of the main or uh, major uh, grain suppliers uh, to Europe, but also to the world. Um, so that's going to drive those prices up. What we've already seen them uh, on the futures market increase. Uh, we're going to start to see that at the grocery store uh, and in every in everyday uh, everyday life and pricing. Uh, as I mentioned, that the, that that risk is so unclear. The U.S. yield uh, collapse may benefit stocks. Usually, when we see yields uh, in the treasuries uh, when they go negative um, due to inflationary surge, we usually see the, the stock market uh, increase. But we have that uncertainty as to. Uh, the financial sanctions and also what's going to happen. Is this going to be Russia um, taking over Ukraine and having Ukraine be a puppet state? Is Russia just going to take over Ukraine, be part of Russia? Uh, do they stop there? There's so many unknowns, it's impossible really to start saying what's going to happen with the markets. Um, we're, 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 we're emphasizing with people to be careful with risk in the portfolio right now, uh, be cautious. Uh, when seeking higher returns uh, in your equity side of your portfolios. And also remember, we've talked about this for the last few weeks, because we have that underlying inflationary tone and we already saw the Bank of Canada uh, hike their rates, that uh, be cautious on your fixed income side as well. Uh, don't go any, don't uh, make any long bets, be very tactical in, in your bond positions uh, and keep things shorter term for now. Uh, this is definitely uh, kind of a, a general theme that you wanna keep in there. Uh, U.S. Congress is nearing uh, a Ukraine aid funding package, uh, so they're looking at uh, several billion dollars that they're looking to send to the Ukraine for aid, both on the on the uh, the, the war effort, but also the, the on the humanitarian side of things. So uh, they're looking at putting funding through to September 30th for for those efforts uh, from uh, from Congress. Uh, Wall Street regulators are also uh, out there still working to propose uh, climate risk rules uh, as early as next week. This is kind of taking a back seat when it comes to, to news and what's going on. Of course, the, the, you know, the uh, Congress has still got a, um, a focus uh, under the new administration, or I shouldn't say new, they've been in office now for a year. The Biden administration moving towards uh, more and more green technologies. So uh, that continues uh, to be defined as to uh, Wall Street and what those 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 rules are going to be to qualify for that uh, and what areas are going to be most impacted. Uh, U.S. shale producers, Oasis, uh, Oasis sorry, and Whiten are uh, merging in a $6 billion deal. Uh, so we've been seeing a lot of mergers and acquisitions in the energy sector over the last couple of years as the price of oil has re-ramped up again. Uh, you're probably going to see a lot more through this uh, surge in oil pricing. Uh, and also in a focus right now of bringing energy production back home, especially for the U.S., uh, as I mentioned, the, the world has been reliant or has been buying a lot of oil and energy from uh, Russia. Uh, all of a sudden, countries around the world are saying, hey, we need to do not just do less of that uh, as part of the sanctions against Russia, but also uh, be less reliant 
on oil from uh, unfriendly areas. And regardless of what happens in the Ukraine over the next weeks and months, um, obviously global uh, relationships with Russia are, are strained and they're going to remain strained for quite some time. So it's gonna be very important for countries to shift more production of, of oil and gas to, to home production or friendlier um, friendly jurisdictions. Obviously there's talks of the Keystone pipeline that was killed um, a year, year and a half ago uh, that uh, you know, would have been able to almost replace the, uh, the amount of oil that the US buys or was buying from Russia uh, to get it from Canada. Uh, and now those discussions are reopened again. Obviously, that's a quick way or a quicker way uh, for the U.S. to get to long-term um, solutions to move away from Russia oil. Let's talk about what's coming up this week. Uh, Apple is going to host their product launch. So if you need to distract yourself from the news these days, uh, Apple is going to do their spring launch of new product. The, the market is expecting a, uh, a cheaper version of their, uh, their iPhone with G5 technology or 5G technology, sorry, uh, and also a new iPad Air and a high-end Mac Mini. Uh, if you're into a very expensive graphic design, uh, the Mac Minis are usually not very cheap setups, uh, but they're looking at rolling out new products. So that's coming up this week. Also, the U.S. Commerce uh, Department is expected to show wholesale inventory numbers to rise again for January. Um, you know, international uh, data for January is also scheduled to release. So we'll take a look at kind of where the wholesale inventory numbers have been moving for the last month. And also Bumble is expected to show a rise in their fourth quarter revenue. In case you're out there on the dating apps and uh, uh, you've been very active, maybe you've been helping Bumble out with the earnings in this last quarter. Other top news is Boeing is suspended buying titanium from Russia. This is following a lot of companies kind of pulling their support uh, for uh, the Russian economy. Uh, Boeing feels they can secure enough supply of titanium from other sources. Uh, so they're going to be pulling away from that. Uniglow, however, the uh, is, is staying in Russia as um, Levi, American Express, and others are severing ties. The retailing company, or the retail stores in Russia uh, of Uniglo are, uh, are staying open uh, along with a small group of international firms still, still operating there. Uh, another one that's been under a lot of pressure is Coca-Cola. Uh, a, a lot of uh, people asking them to pull uh, their products from the shelves out of Russia as well. Uh, McDonald's was another one that people were, were uh, pressuring, but I think I read this morning that uh, they're now announcing a plan to shutter or temporary shut and close anyway uh, their stores in Russia or their, their restaurants in Russia. So we'll see more and more of that as, as more companies pull from uh, from those uh, from those markets. Uh, we've already seen uh, you know we saw Amex, Visa, and Mastercard have also uh, pulled their services from there, uh, and we'll see more of that uh, that continue. Uh, Intel's mobile eye is confidently following their IPO, uh, the US IPO, uh, and this is for their self-drive unit. So this is Mobileye um, putting out a new IPO in the United States, setting the stage for what is expected to be this year's biggest stock market float. Um, you know, 
pretty much, I, I'd say we probably met the pretty biggest one in at least the last six to eight months uh, as they're floating out their self-drive car units. Uh, so we'll take a look at how that's been, that's going to perform into this volatility. Uh, of course, we've seen a lot of pullback in the tech side as far as uh, pricing goes and valuations go. Uh, but this is in that self-drive EV kind of car area. And also the chip manufacturers have done well through all this. As, as I've already discussed, the, you know, the supply chain is still pretty tight to uh, as far as product and pricing goes. Uh, Apple is expected to launch their, their low-cost 5G. Uh, obviously, they want to get uh, more products out on the shelf. Uh, this is usually their lighter launch, uh, their, their fall launch being bigger, uh, bigger product launch as they gear up for the holiday, holiday season and back-to-school season sales. Uh, but they're looking at tapping into um, the, uh, the lower price or the, um, the, the, the cheaper price model markets. Uh, for the summertime. Uh, I will say though, Apple has shuttered their, or closed their stores in Russia for now, so we won't see any sales coming out of there as well. Uh, GameStop's uh, top guy, Cohen, uh, is taking a stake in Bed Bath & Beyond, and he's per pushing for some change there. So the billionaire investor, Ryan Cohen, who uh, behind the GameStop name, if you remember, GameStop is the uh, the the Reddit uh, the Reddit internet the stock name that uh, was was famous last year as the uh, the online investors drove up those those share prices. Uh, well, he's taking a, a ten percent stake in Bed Bath and Beyond, uh, and he wants the retailer to look at strategic alternatives, including sale of the company. So, uh, looking at restructuring them and uh, selling them off. So we'll see what happens with Bed Bath and Beyond from there. On the exchange side of things, uh, when it comes to the currency, the Canadian dollar has actually been doing pretty pretty strong. Not a surprise. Our dollar tends to perform quite well uh, uh, along in tandem with the price of oil. Uh, and of course, we've got oil prices doing amazing. We'll talk about it in a second. So the Canadian dollar continuing to do strong. We saw that interest rate hike, which also gave it a little bit of strength. Uh, but nothing's going to uh, be as strong as the US dollar when we have the US crisis, uh, sorry, global crisis. Whenever we have a global crisis, there's always a flight to safety in the market. Uh, that means global dollars rush to the US dollar, given more strength. We are seeing weakness in the US, or sorry, the European currencies, not a surprise given all this conflict being in Europe right now and more uncertainty over there than over here. That's going to continue. Uh, and as we mentioned already, the ruble has, has significantly dropped in valuation, and that will uh, that will not likely change for quite some time as those sanctions stay in place. We did see the U.S. Treasury note rise a little bit to 1.84 from uh, 1.774, basically, um, uh, and that again is just strength on uh, strength on flight to safety strength into the U.S. market. On the commodity front, as we talked about, uh, oil. Uh, Rearing straight through uh, last high number I saw was around 135. Uh, I think it's coming off that high a little bit. Uh, and, you know, weeks ago it was barely, uh, barely 90. So uh, we're seeing a ton of strength in the oil price. Not likely to see that drop anytime soon. Uh, other commodities, as I mentioned, uh, nickel, uh, wheat, uh, pretty much anything on the commodity front, copper, uh, we've seen the numbers rise. 
gold breaking through the 2000 an ounce. Uh, in fact, I saw it through 230 this morning. Uh, I think it's leveled back down again in the high one, uh, 220s, or sorry, 2000 in, in, in 20 uh, range. Um, that's uh, again, uh, flight to safety and, and inflationary protections. Uh, we've been talking about that gold play for a while. We've had it in the portfolios. We continue to like it. Would have liked to have more of it, but uh, but that would have been predicting a war. Um, so uh, we continue to hold those positions uh, even after we've seen this run up. With that, pretty much all we have to cover this week. I know a lot of it's been around the Ukraine, but really that uncertainty is hanging over the markets. My, uh, my real advice to everybody uh, is, you know, stay cautious. Uh, don't flee from the market. The one thing to, uh, to keep in mind is when everybody is selling, that's the time you need to look at buying. Don't jump in with both feet all in. You're never going to pick the bottom. Uh, you're never going to sell out at the top. Uh, wade in slowly when you see value, uh, when you see good positions, good companies that evaluations are down. Take a look at the Canadian banks. Uh, you know They've seen a pullback through all this. Uh, mostly off that uncertainty trade, but really there's still a lot of value there. We're keeping a close eye on that. We, we've, we, we have some great positions in the, uh, the Canadian banking sector already. Uh, we're looking to maybe top those up a little bit, uh, take advantage of those pullbacks, the strong dividend yields you see out of there. They're historically uh, great pay, payers over time. So take a look at those. But give us a call. Go to MikeOnMoney.com. Happy to answer any of your questions. Uh, and with that, I'll let you get back to the rest of your day. Uh, and we'll get back to seeing what's going on and keeping you informed out there. Thanks, everyone. Take care and stay safe.